The war between plants and animals. Every living thing possesses the drive to survive and pass on its genes to future generations. We consider plants our friends because they feed us, but plants regard all plant predators, including us, as enemies. However, even enemies have their uses. Therein lies the dilemma we plant eaters face, the very foods we need to eat have their own ways of discouraging us from consuming them and their offspring. The result is an ongoing battle between the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. Quite simply, plants don't want to be eaten, and who can blame them? Like any living thing, their instinct is to propagate the next generation of their species. To this end, plants have come up with devilishly smart ways to protect themselves and their offspring from predators. Some of the very vegetables and fruits that sustain us simultaneously contain substances that can harm us. Gluten, of course, is one example of a plant component that is problematic for some people, as the recent gluten-free craze has spotlighted. But glutens are just one example of the kind of protein known as a lectin and one factor in the plant paradox, and they may well have sent us off on a wild goose chase. Plants appeared on the land about 450 million years ago, long before the first insects arrived 90 million years later. Until those plant predators turned up, it must have truly been a garden of Eden for plants. There was no need to run, hide, or fight. They could grow and thrive in peace, unfettered in their production of the seeds that would become the next generation of their species. But when insects and other animals, and eventually our primate ancestors, arrived, it was game on. These species saw those tasty greens and seeds as dinner. And although plants don't want to be eaten any more than you would, animals would seem to have the advantage, with wings and or legs to propel them over to that grove of immobile greens to gobble them up. Quite simply, plants don't want to be eaten, and who can blame them? Like any living thing, their instinct is to propagate the next generation of their species. Not so fast. Plants have actually evolved an impressive array of defensive strategies to protect themselves, or at least their seeds, from animals of all shapes and sizes, including humans. Plants may use a variety of physical deterrents, such as color to blend into their surroundings, an unpleasant texture, sticky stuff such as resins and saps that entangle insects, provide protective cover by making sand or soil clump, or attract grit that makes them unpleasant to eat, or a simple reliance on a hard outer coating, such as a coconut, or spine-tipped leaves, such as an artichoke. Botanists and other scientists regularly refer to plant seeds as babies. It's a tough world out there for those potential plants, so a lot more are produced than will ever actually take root. Plant seeds can be divided into two basic types. Some are babies that plants actually want predators to eat. These seeds are encased in a hard coating designed to survive a trip all the way through the predator's GI tract, although a large baby, such as a peach seed, might not be swallowed, and instead simply be left behind. Then there are naked babies, which lack such a protective coating, the plant does not want these to be eaten. For the plant that doesn't want its babies to be eaten before the protective coating is completely hardened, it uses the color of unripe fruit, usually green, to convey the message, not yet, to the predator. Just in case the predator can't interpret this signal, the plant often increases the toxin levels in the unripe fruit itself to make it absolutely clear that the time is not right. What are lectins, and how do they help plants defend themselves? They are large proteins found in plants and animals, and they are a crucial weapon in the arsenal of strategies that plants use to defend themselves in their ongoing battle with animals. Scientists discovered lectins in 1884 as part of their investigation into different blood types. 
Until now, you have probably been familiar with only one famous, or, rather, infamous, lectin, gluten, but there are many more. How exactly do lectins help plants defend themselves? Well, lectins in the seeds, grains, skins, rinds, and leaves of most plants bind to carbohydrates sugars, and particularly to complex sugars called polysaccharides, in the predator's body after it consumes the plant. Like smart bombs, lectins target and attach themselves to sugar molecules, primarily on the surface of the cells of other organisms, particularly fungi, insects, and other animals. They also bind to sialic acid, a sugar molecule found in the gut, in the brain, between nerve endings, in joints, and in all bodily fluids, including the blood vessel lining of all creatures. Lectins are sometimes referred to as sticky proteins because of this binding process, which means they can interrupt messaging between cells or otherwise cause toxic or inflammatory reactions. For example, when lectins bind to sialic acid, one nerve is unable to communicate its information to another nerve. If you have ever experienced brain fog, thank lectins. Lectins also facilitate the attachment and binding of viruses and bacteria to their intended targets. Believe it or not, some people, those who are more sensitive to lectins are therefore more subject to viruses and bacterial infections than others. Think about that if you seem to get sick more often than your friends do. In addition to potential health problems, lectins can also stimulate weight gain. The reason that wheat became the grain of choice in northern climates is thanks to a uniquely small lectin in wheat, known as wheat germ agglutinin WGA, which is responsible for wheat's weight-gaining propensity. You read that correctly. Wheat helped your ancestors gain or maintain weight in ancient times when food was often scarce. Back then, a wheat belly was a great thing to possess. And guess what? That WGA in the ancient forms of wheat is just as present in modern wheat, hence the weight gain. A plant will do just about anything to keep your mouth off its seeds and save its babies, including sacrificing its leaves. By design, lectins either kill any animal that dares to eat it outright or at the very least make that animal feel unwell. After all, a weakened enemy is more vulnerable. Assuming they survive their initial encounter with such a plant, insects and other animals quickly learn not to eat any plant or its seeds that makes them feel bad or fail to thrive. The animal decides that that plant is not worth eating and moves on to greener fields and other species, while the plant and its babies survive. Know thy enemy, the deadly disruptors. There is a misconception that our collective health has improved significantly in recent decades. If that is indeed the case, then why are we so overweight as a nation? Much of that idea is based on the fact that the average life expectancy has increased over the last five decades. In 1960, the average life expectancy for American men was 66.4 years, by 2013, it was a full 10 years longer. For women, the average ages were 73.1 and 81.1, respectively. But you have to understand that this data is heavily weighted by dramatic reductions in recent decades in the prevalence of infectious diseases, which disproportionately impact infants and children. Life expectancy is a critical gauge of any society, of course, but equally important is what the author call health expectancy. Even if we are living longer, are we living better? These days, for most people, a vast amount of their later life is spent in a state of progressive decline. Despite the belief that 50 is the new 40 and other such hopeful claims, we are collectively far less healthy than our parents were at a comparable age. A new study reveals that from about 50 onward, our health begins to decline, far earlier than was previously assumed. 
Disruptor 1, Broad Spectrum Antibiotics Broad Spectrum Antibiotics have saved and continue to save countless lives from diseases such as pneumonia and septicemia. However, these antibiotics effectively allowed doctors to carpet bomb an infection without worrying about exactly which bacterium was the culprit. Little did we know at the time that we were also carpet bombing ourselves. How so? Every time you take a course of Leviquin, Ciprofloxacin, or another broad-spectrum antibiotic for a urinary tract or another infection, you kill most of the microbes in your gut. Shockingly, it can take up to two years for them to return. Many may be gone forever. Even worse, each time a child takes antibiotics, the likelihood increases of him or her developing Crohn's disease, diabetes, obesity, or asthma later in life. Disruptor 2, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs NSAIDs, known by the pharmaceutical industry as gateway drugs to more powerful painkillers, ibuprofen Advil and Motrin, naproxen Aleve, Celebrex, Mobic, and other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs NSAIDs, were introduced in the early 1970s as an alternative to aspirin, which was known to damage the stomach lining. However, we now know that NSAIDs damage the mucosal barrier in the small intestine and colon, allowing lectins, LPSs, and other foreign substances to pass through the intestinal wall, initiating a war within your body. Evidence of the war is increasing inflammation, which you feel as pain. And the more pain you have, the more NSAIDs you take. Pain reliever enemies, generic ibuprofen or Advil, Aleve, Naprosyn, Celebrex, Mobic, and other NSAIDs. Friendly substitutes, Boswellia or white willow bark. Disruptor 3, stomach acid blockers According to the author, acid-blocking drugs such as Zantac, Prilosec, Nexium, and Protonix are to be avoided at all costs. Most of these drugs are proton pump inhibitors PPIs, which reduce the amount of stomach acid. However, as long as it stays where it belongs, stomach acid serves an important function. The acid in the stomach is so powerful that only a few important bacteria can tolerate it as their home. As a result, many of the bad bacteria that you swallow never make it out alive. Disruptor 4, artificial sweeteners products such as sucralose, saccharin, aspartame, and other non-nutritive artificial sweeteners alter the gut holobiome, killing good bacteria and allowing overgrowth of bad ones. Believe it or not, a Duke study showed that a single Splenda packet kills 50% of normal intestinal flora. 14 and again, once the bad guys take over, you gain weight as a defense mechanism to ensure supplies for your army of defenders. Ironically, although such products are supposed to aid in weight loss, they do just the opposite. Disruptor 5, genetically modified foods and the herbicide Roundup herbicides, insecticides, and pesticides are different forms of biocides. Herbicides kill weeds, allowing a crop plant to grow without having to compete for water and nutrients with other species. Insecticides have helped reduce the number of victims of mosquito-borne diseases, while pesticides have improved crop yield and provided food for billions who would have likely otherwise died of starvation. But the unintended consequences of biocides are just as momentous. They have introduced powerful poisons into our systems from the food we eat, even the produce we touch, and sadly, the animals we eat. These poisons hack in via our intestinal tract or our skin, unleashing genetic programs within us, as well as in other animals and plants. The compounds are rogue pattern matchers that turn genes on or off within our cells, fundamentally changing the signaling within the body. The four rules that govern the plant paradox program. Rule number one, what you stop eating has far more impact on your health than what you start eating. 
The author does not suggest that you simply stop eating, although the ability of simple water to cure any number of diseases is staggering. But this rule does confirm Hippocrates's dictum that all disease begins in the gut. If you stop damaging your gut, you'll be healthier overall. Your gut holobiome accounts for 90% of the cells that make you, you and contains 99% of all the genetic material that makes you, you so what goes on in your gut, unlike Las Vegas, doesn't stay in your gut. Rule number two, pay attention to the care and feeding of your gut bugs, and they will handle the care and feeding of you. After all, you are their home. Another way of expressing this rule is, give your gut bugs what they want, and nobody gets hurt. That sounds pretty easy, except for one thing. By now, you should know that most of us have a virtual wasteland inside our gut. Years of using antibiotics, antacids, and NSAIDs, plus the high-fat, high-sugar Western diet, have decimated the once-dense rainforest of our gut. A food desert is an area where quality food is unavailable, even if people want to eat it. The Plant Paradox program is actually a microbiome and mitochondria-centric program that recommends a diverse array of the right plant foods at the right time, prepared the right way, in the right amounts. Imagine your gut as a vast, almost uninhabitable food desert, where only the bad bugs can survive and actually thrive on the stuff you throw down to them. Remember Audrey too, the carnivorous plant in Little Shop of Horrors, who is always screaming, feed me, Seymour. Feed me. Similarly, the bad bugs are demanding more sugar, refined carbs, and saturated fat, in other words, junk food. That's exactly what the bad bugs love to dine on, which takes us back to rule number one. Stop feeding the gang members what they thrive on, and they will leave town. It is as simple as that. Rule number three, fruit might as well be candy. Forget any idea that fruit is a health food. As you've learned, eating fruits in season allowed our ancestors to fatten up for the winter, but now fruits are ubiquitous 365 days a year. The next time you ask for a fruit salad as a healthy breakfast, I suggest that instead, you order a bowl of Skittles candy. Go ahead, it's the same poisonous stuff. A zucchini, a tomato, a bell pepper, an eggplant, and a pickle are all fruits. And when you eat them, they deliver the same chemical message to your genes and your brain as a more obvious fruit, such as an apple does, store fat for the winter. Moreover, and this will surprise most of you, eating the fructose in fruit causes your kidneys to swell and suffer injury, which can destroy them. Just to be clear, there are three fruits that you can have, so long as you eat them when they are still green, bananas, mangoes, and papayas. Unripe tropical fruit has not yet increased its sugar fructose content. The avocado is the only acceptable ripe fruit because it contains nary a trace of sugar and is composed of good fat and soluble fiber, which help you lose weight and absorb fat-soluble vitamins and antioxidants. Rule number four, you are what you are eating if you prefer, think of this as a piece of parental advice, when you sleep with someone, you are sleeping with everyone that person ever slept with. If you eat meat, poultry, farm-raised fish, eggs, and dairy products, you are largely an ear of corn and a pile of soybeans, because that is what almost all industrially raised food animals are regularly fed. Phase 1. Kick start with a three-day cleanse. Just as a gardener or farmer prepares the soil before planting, you need to prepare the environment in your gut before you sow the seeds of wellness. Component 1. On and off the menu. During this short cleanse, you will eat no dairy, grains or pseudo-grains, fruit, sugar, seeds, eggs, soy, nightshade plants, roots, or tubers. Also, off the menu are corn, soy, canola, or other inflammatory oils, along with any form of beef or other farm animal meat. 
Instead, you will eat delectable dishes made with vegetables and small amounts of fish or pastured chicken. By removing all the proscribed foods, you will extinguish the flames of inflammation, allowing your body to begin the process of healing. Component 2. Prepare the soil and remove the weeds. According to the author, the late, great nutritionist Gaylord Hausa, first rule was to start with as clean a slate within your gut as possible. His herbal laxative was designed to do just that, by preparing your gut for planting a new crop by weeding out the bad things and preparing the soil for good things. While not critical, Hauser's recommendation to clean the gut with an herbal laxative called Swiss Chris or the equivalent has been good advice for nearly a century, and it will absolutely kick-start the great results of the Plant Paradox program. You can find Swiss Chris in any pharmacy or order it online. The active ingredient is the laxative herb senna or senicides, each tablet contains 8.5 mg. Other gang member destroying ingredients include anise seed, calendula flower, caraway seed, hibiscus, peach leaves, peppermint oil, and strawberry leaves, along with some binding agents. An adult dose is two tablets, taken at bedtime. If you do not want to do this, or are concerned about the potential discomfort it might cause, the author states that using this laxative is absolutely optional. If you do opt to use it, take it the night before you begin the cleanse, along with a glass of water. If you prefer the flake form of the product, take half a teaspoon, there is no need to repeat it on the following days. It is a good idea to start this part of the three-day kick-start cleanse when you are planning to be at home the next morning. Component 3. Supplemental Assistance. Ideally, you shouldn't just stop with preparing the soil and killing the weeds. The author states how impressed he has been with the ability of several natural supplements to kill bad gut bacteria, molds, and fungi. None of these are absolutely essential, however, if you suffer from IBS, leaky gut, or any autoimmune condition, he suggests adding these to your initial regimen. Oregon grape root extract or its active ingredient berberine, grapefruit seed extract not to be confused with another great supplement, grape seed extract, mushrooms or mushroom extracts, spices such as black pepper, cloves, cinnamon, and wormwood to kill parasites, fungi, and other bad gut flora. By following a fast or cleanse, even in a mere three days, you can change the balance of microbes in your system to more friendly species. That's good news. But if you just do a cleanse or fast and then return to your old way of eating, any improvement in your gut flora will be short-lived, and the bad guys will return with a vengeance. On the other hand, if you immediately transition to a gut buddy-promoting diet, namely phase 2 of the Plant Paradox program, beginning the day after you complete the cleanse, you will be on your way to solidifying the gains you've achieved. Phase 2. Repair and Restoration if your boat is sinking and water is gushing into the hull, instead of bailing faster or using a bigger bucket, both of which are an exercise in futility, you need to plug the holes. Likewise, if you have a health problem, slowing its progress, as modern medicine suggests, is not a solution, instead, you need to stop the problem in its tracks. Only then can your body start to heal itself. Believe me, your body has the ability to restore itself to perfect health, once you eliminate the foods and other forces that prevent it from healing. Now that you've initiated the weeding phase of the Plant Paradox program, it's time to begin the six-week repair process. The first step is to stop eating the foods full of lectins that are continually blowing holes in the walls of your gut. If you did the three-day cleanse, you have already begun to eliminate such foods. Make no mistake. For the first two weeks, this will be a challenge, because you will be removing a huge number of so-called healthy foods, which are actually making you sick. 
You might even suffer some withdrawal symptoms, such as low energy, headaches, grouchiness, and muscle cramps. If so, understand that it merely confirms the old adage, the definition of an addict is someone who uses or eats something that he or knows is killing him but does so nonetheless. For the next two weeks, you should eat foods only from the say, yes please, list, and you should not eat any foods from the just say, no, list. The author suggests you copy this list and carry it with you wherever you go. Take it to the supermarket and restaurants. Keep a copy at your workplace. Refer to it often. Soon, following it will become second nature. Some of the say, yes please, acceptable foods are, walnuts, coconut oil, chestnuts, sesame oil, walnut oil, red palm oil, MCT oil, cheesecake, cream pie, banana, nut, strawberry, cinnamon roll, almond, cassava, sweet potato, tiger nut, grape seed, arrowroot, inulin, monk fruit, crab, shrimp, oysters, miracle rice, kale, green and red cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, collards, kimchi. Some of the, say no please. Lectin-containing foods are, pasta, rice, potatoes, potato chip, bread, pastry, cookies, crackers, sugar, cereal, diet drinks, peas, green beans, soy, tofu, soy protein, all beans, all lentils, ice cream, cheese, ricotta, cottage cheese brown rice, corn products, corn starch, popcorn, barley grass, wheatgrass, cucumbers, chia, sunflower, soy, corn, peanut. This list is not exhaustive. It is called, say no please, list because no human being ever ate any of the foods on it until at least 10,000 years ago when man began to cultivate grains and other crops. Until that point, grains, pseudo-grains, and beans were not part of our forebears' diet. As a result, our ancestors and their gut buddies never encountered or dealt with the lectins from these seeds. Phase 3, Reaping the Rewards of the Program Phase 3 is akin to the harvest when you enjoy the sustained benefits of the symbiotic relationship between what you consider yourself and your holobiome, vitality, weight management, and longevity blessed with good health. Think of it this way, your goal is to die young at a very old age. Once their inner you, the gut, is happily stabilized, most of my patients who initially came to me to lose weight notice that this desired result is part and parcel of their overall improved health. In other words, if you are doing everything right, you will return to your appropriate weight, whether you were underweight or overweight when you started the Plant Paradox program. In this phase, you will continue to eat foods on the say, yes please, list, consuming primarily locally grown foods that have been picked when ripe, meaning in season produce. Once your gut is repaired, consume more ketogenic fats. These are medium-chain saturated fatty acids such as MCT oil or coconut oil that kick-start fat burning, rather than being stored as fat. Continue to avoid the just say, no, foods. However, if you wish to and can do so, gradually reintroduce small amounts of immature, no seeds or only tiny seeds, lectin-bearing foods such as cucumbers, zucchini, and Japanese eggplant to test your tolerance. Try one at a time for a week before trying another food. Later, if you can handle these foods, try to introduce heirloom tomatoes and peppers that have been seeded and had the skins removed. Give each a week to see how you do, before introducing another. Next, try to introduce pressure-cooked legumes in small amounts. Again, do this one week at a time. 
Hey, there's no rush, you've got the rest of your life, after all, finally, after you've reintroduced the lectin-containing foods and are doing well, you might be able to introduce Indian white basmati rice in extreme moderation or other grains and pseudo-grains that have been pressure-cooked, with the exception of barley, rye, oats, and wheat, all of which contain gluten, progressively reduce your animal protein to no more than 2 ounces per day, instead, derive the vast majority of protein from leaves, certain vegetables, mushrooms, nuts, and hemp. Periodically, try to fast and restrict your caloric intake, particularly in the form of animal protein, restore daily and seasonal rhythms with exposure to daylight, ideally for an hour each day, at or near midday. Also, get eight hours of sleep a night and regular exercise. Conclusion Have you ever been told, you're just not yourself today? This is due to subtle changes in the foods we eat most often, the way food is prepared, the use of certain personal care products and the drugs that you assume will improve your health, you really aren't yourself anymore. To borrow a term from the computer world, you've been hacked. The entire collection of cells, the inputs, and outputs within you, and the way your cells communicate with one another have been altered. Not to worry. This alteration can be reversed, allowing your body to heal and achieve a healthy weight. To begin the restoration of our collective health, we need to take a step back, actually several steps in order to move forward. Try this, the lectins in beans and other legumes, wheat, and other grains, and certain other plants are especially problematic for humans, stop eating them. Numerous health problems are the result, with gastric distress the tip of the iceberg. Avoid the say no please list of lectin-containing foods, removing such foods from your diet is the key to good health.